Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Most of you can quote it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow or marrow to the bones. Father, we ask you for your anointing on your word. God, I pray that you capture us. We thank you for the worship that we had today. We thank you for your presence in Jesus. I pray right now that you move in our lives, God. Help us get this. Help us understand this. In Christ's name, amen. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So this morning, I want to talk to you about acknowledging him. So trust in the Lord, not with some of your heart, not with part of your heart, not with what you want to do over here and what God wants to do over here, but with all your heart. And let me tell you something. I just want you to take, a home, take home today one point and one thought. I want you to ask yourself, this last month, this last year, have you trusted the Lord and acknowledged him in every decision that you made? Or did you just acknowledge him in the big decisions and the little decisions, you kind of winged it? Listen, when you became a son of God or a daughter of God, you didn't just get a get out of hell free card. He said, I want you to have an abundant life here also. Yes, heaven is what we're after. Yes, heaven is the driving force. But he don't want us just to run around down here and make all kind of messes and all kind of decisions and be in all kind of bad shape all the time. He wants us to live down here the blessed life, the peace half life, the happy life. Blessed are these people. And it, all that means is Jesus was saying, it's the key to happiness down here. And then, yes, there's a glory that we can't even understand there. And I realize we're losing the battle as a church, as a whole in America, in the little decisions. We don't acknowledge God in the little decisions. We pray about, well, is this the right career move? Or is this the right this? But we don't ask him about our, the little things in our life. He said the small foxes. It's those hobbies. It's those things that we don't think even about that we do, that we've never stopped and just said, God, I want you involved in every part. Now, some of you have been lied to by the devil. And when you hear you want God in every part, you think the fun leaves. You think that means you don't get to do what you want to do. Well, let me tell you something. A lot of times you doing what you want to do is the reason you're in the circumstances you're in now. There is no joy and peace and the fruits of the spirit. They cannot thrive. Think about a plant. Listen, I come from a house of uh, mom doesn't have quite the green thumb. I always mess with her about it. She's notorious for killing plants for lack of she's so busy. And we always mess with mom about it growing up. And if you only watered that plant, kind of like we did growing up, when you think about it, that's why our Christian lives are the way they are. We're only asking God to give us the fruits of the Spirit when we think about it. You know what I'm saying? As I'm reading this, it says, in all your ways acknowledge. Now, listen, 
When you translate, when you ask anybody, what's the hardest language to learn? I've always heard it's Mandarin, Chinese. It's not, it's English. And let me show you why it's English. Because like, for instance, this word acknowledge, when you try to translate it, I'm going to give you six definitions that all fit. Because same way in our word, the word can, C-A-N. Now, Thanksgiving, I use the word can like, can I have some more? Right? If you're listening to music, it's called canned music. That means it was recorded. Same word. And you're going, wait a minute. Then you're talking about she cans her vegetables. You've got the same word and you've used it all kind of different ways. You, give you another one. Welcome to English. He got canned yesterday. <laughs> means fired, right? Same word. It's the same way in this word when you look at acknowledge. It doesn't mean you just acknowledge him like we every day. Well, I'll give God the thought. It means this. To declare to be true or admit the existence or reality of truth. The report the truth of. Express recognition of the presence or existence of. Express obligation, thanks, or gratitude. Accept someone to be what is claimed or accepted has power and authority. Accepted as legally bonding and valid. Now that is a mouthful. So when I'm acknowledging God, the first thing I have to do is I have to understand that now that I serve him, what he says is supreme. And I also have to acknowledge there has to be a line of I'm going to acknowledge you knowing with all my heart that you only want the best for me. Even if it hurts now, I understand it's going to be then. So I'm thinking of this. I'm like, God, I need an example. And it came to me, Joshua. Now, you listen, stay with me. It's not going to be long. So Moses always wins battles. Different ways. You go, you line up, you fight. Moses wins. They conquer. Good and easy. Joshua's first battle. Here's what you're going to do. First of all, you're going to cut the whole camp. You're going to circumcise every one of them. Listen to me. That's a direct word of, for, for us today. It's time to make a cut. It's time to cut things in our life that we know are hindering us, that we know are not letting us hear the voice of God. It's time to make a cut. It's time to cut some things. And then he says, we're going to take the Passover and remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Wow, that sounds awesome. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't even realize he was about to meet him. And if this gets a little crazy, just hang with me. Jesus has always been. He's the word. And it says, then the Lord appeared to Joshua next. And he said, here's how you're going to win this battle. You're going to walk. You're going to walk around a wall. What? You got to trust him when it doesn't make sense. You're going to walk. Now, see, he's going to tell you to do some things in your life that are not going to make sense. Because you're going to say, wait a minute. Oh, let me, let me, I missed something. Before that, it says the manna stopped. The manna stopped. They never ate manna again. Now, I would love to try manna just one time. I think I ate my grandmother's chicken and dressing, and I'm pretty sure that's close to what was falling from heaven. Nana's cornbread dressing was falling out of heaven, and they were eating it. Can you imagine? Like, these are real people. Like, just, it's us, okay? For 40 years, even in disobedience, listen to me how good God is. 
He still let manna fall six days a week. All I had to do is me and Kurt went and got something. We scooped it all up for the party. We said, hey, here's your food for today. You don't have to do anything. Can you imagine that day? And listen, they're people. Can you imagine what it was like? Me and Kurt gets up. We're like, we're going to go get the manna for everybody. And there's nothing. 40 years now, we've been trained that God only moves this way. And there's nothing. There's no manna. What am I supposed to do, God? I guess you're going to have to go get all that food that's out there. And it says they ate roasted grain. I guess you're going to have to go harvest the grain. I guess you're going to have to go cook it. I guess you're going to have to put forth a little effort. And a lot of us are sitting in that comfort zone, and we're not acknowledging God because we are completely happy where we are. Now, get ready. I'd ask you some questions. Are we so satisfied with just the move of God that it doesn't bother us that that baptistry is a reproach? We got manna. We got good services. We got friendly people. We got manna. This is good. This is comfortable. Oh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Does it not bother us that there's more? Are we not asking God for more? Are we not saying, what's your way in our church? We want the baptism used a lot. We want new converts and that joy of when somebody gets bought by the blood of Jesus and redeemed back from the power of hell. We want to see that again. I don't want to just keep seeing your same face. I'm sorry, I love you, but I'm tired of looking at the same faces. These empty pews represent people that are going to go to hell forever. If we don't just stop sitting on the manna that we've always had and we ask God, I want to acknowledge you again. You're going to grow the church. You're going to move in this church. And if it's not you, then we've got to have you now. What's the plan? And as soon as the manna stopped, the Lord showed up and said, I got a plan. You're going to march. And I'm just going to wing this. I have no idea where I am in the notes. This morning, as I was standing there, I said, I don't know what to do anymore, Lord. And he spoke to me as clear. And he said, keep walking. Keep marching. If your wall does not seem like it's coming down, you keep marching because it is. The first thing he said to him is, I've given you the city. I might not give it to you. I've given it to you. Some of you have been praying for people to get saved and you're not seeing anything. Keep marching. Keep acknowledging it's him. Keep marching. I, think about those people. They've never seen a battle plan like this. And they're walking around a wall. Do you know how silly that that feels? Take the presence of God and put it on two poles and get the priest to lead it and y'all are just going to walk around as they stare at you from the top of the wall. You know, because listen, humans have never changed. The reason he told them to be quiet is because guys like me would be in the camp. And I'd be like, this is crazy. This is nuts. Why am I walking? Let's fight. God's with us. I know none of you ever questioned anything. But they kept walking. 
And they kept walking. I'd never noticed this till today, this morning. The Lord told him before it ever happened, the walls are going to fall flat before you. The hand of God's just going to smash them into the earth. Some of you are on your last lap. And all you got to do now is keep walking. I told Donna yesterday, I had a great time of talking to her. When I realized that preaching, my only job in preaching is to make sure that every person in this room makes it to next week. You might not understand what I'm saying, but I do. My job today is not to deliver you something fancy that you, but it's to make you encouraged today to get it to next Sunday where we can keep going, where we can fill up again. That's my only job. I don't care if you're impressed. I don't care if you're anything, but I do care if you keep walking. You just got to keep walking. You got to trust him. Listen, back to trust. You got to trust him with your friends. You got to trust him with your money. You got to trust him with your time. You got to trust him. You got to acknowledge him. Listen, I put Isaiah 55 up there and everybody knows these scriptures. That his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. Maybe that we're sitting eating the same manna and we're tired because we haven't even asked God, what did you put me on the planet for? Like, okay, I've heard you before. I need to hear you again. I acknowledge that you are in control of my life. I don't want to just walk around the wilderness for 40 years. I want you to use me again. I'm acknowledging you. I want you to show me, what am I here for? Who did you put me on the earth for? What's the plan? Listen, the first plan is you can't trust God or acknowledge God if you don't have a hunger for this. If you don't have a hunger for his word, you will never make it, I promise. Because you, will all, you can't even have a sword and a shield without this because faith comes by hearing and the hearing the word. That's the, that's the shield and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is what cuts the enemy. And it's not just for us. It's for everybody out there that is in bondage and in darkness. You have a calling. It's a holy calling. Listen, I told her yesterday, I used to put my stock in preaching. I used to love preaching. I used to, everything I was was wrapped up in preaching. And the adult hit me one day. What if you lose your voice? Your stock is not in preaching. Your stock is in Him. Your stock is in what you do for Him. This is just a small part of it. I I want us for the rest of our lives to really grab, we're going to acknowledge you, God. I'm not letting a friend come into my life that you haven't given me the okay. Listen, as I was studying this, the little things that you make decisions without God will be the things that cost you huge. I've heard people give people advice. Should you take that job? Oh, the money's good. Take it. Hadn't seen them in church since they took it, but boy, the money was good. And they gained the whole world and they lost their soul. Wherever you're working, God has you there. Keep acknowledging him. If you want to move, like some, some of us want to move, keep acknowledging him and keep letting him open the door for you. I was thinking today, talking to Roy about, Brother Roy, talking to Brother Roy about this church. All I was doing was seeking God at Farsdale. And when I came here, Papa didn't even think I was going to be the youth pastor. He just thought I was coming to help. Ask him. He told me. I didn't come here as the youth pastor. I just came here to help. 
But as I kept acknowledging that I wanted God's will, I would have never in a million years dreamed that in two months I'll be here 17 years. Because, you know, when you're young, you had all these plans. I was going to be running my, the Jonathan Lankford Ministries, and it's going to be thousands. This has been the most rewarding, though, because I have a family here. When you acknowledge the Lord, he's telling me to talk louder, Ryan. Can you hear me now? Good. When you acknowledge the Lord, it opens up. My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. I've got something planned for you. Listen, I don't care how old you are. God has not taken you to heaven yet. You have not ran your race and finished. He's still got a plan for you. Acknowledge you again. God, we want the plan. We want whatever you have for us. God, the plan is not exactly how I thought it would be. I thought by now I would have at least three little linebackers running around because Alabama needed them last night. (laughs) I thought all these things, but at the end of the day, exactly what God is doing is exactly what we need. Listen, when people say now that they've had a miscarriage, where before I've said, oh, I'm sorry. I'll be praying for you. And I'm in it. Now... I pray for him. I had to walk through things that I did not want to walk through to get the blessing that I didn't even know was out there. Some of you are walking through things right now, and those walls are tall. You, you, you think the enemy was not making fun of them as they were marching? The voice of the enemy gets loud. Why are you doing this? Let me tell you one I love that he always tells me. And for some stupid reason, I always listen. Why are you even going there? Everything you've done, that's pointless. Why are you guys walking around these walls? You know they were talking smack. Wait till you come, get, come up these walls. They had no clue who is fighting for those guys in obedience that were acknowledging God. What's the way? What's the plan, Lord? The plan is to keep walking. If the devil's been talking to you about why are you staying in the church, listen, I love it. The devil does not fight churches that are just having happy time. They're just having little services. I heard the other day about a youth pastor that all he does is play games every Wednesday night, and it breaks my heart because these kids need Jesus Christ. They need to meet him. They need to know him. Game time is Friday night. Wednesday night is serious time, right? So sometimes the devil starts to fight a church And right before the walls fall, he tries to tell everybody in the church all these different things. Listen, stop listening to the voice of the enemy and just acknowledge God. God, where do you want me to go to church? God, where do you want me to do this? God, my money, listen to me, my money is now yours. You've given it to me. You've blessed me with the job. If you tell me to give, God, if you'll help me, I'll give. If you tell me to do this, God, with my money, I'll acknowledge you. You've told me to tithe and have offerings and have alms. And those things, the more you do those things, the more you have. 
I'm sorry, but it's biblical principle. And you might not have more money, but you might have more peace. I told Bethany the other day, we realized as a, as a family early on, it is way more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said it, and I believe it. I know people that have big savings accounts, and they don't help anybody or do anything, and they're going to die with all that money, and all these people are going to suffer around them, and they're never going to be happy. Because I'm telling you, till you release your hand, God will not put big things in it. Now, this church is a given church. We could not do youth camp without this church giving. So I'm not preaching at you. I'm just telling you, there's times in our lives where we have to make those decisions with our money, with our time, with our friends. Listen, just because everybody comes to evangel doesn't mean that the chemistry of you two together is a good thing. I knew that wasn't going to go over well. Sometimes people have faults that God's working on, and when they get together at the same time, a toxic thing happens. Prove it. Okay, glad you asked. The 12 disciples. The more they got together, the more they argued over who's going to be the greatest. To the point where they got mad at James and John because they got their mama in it. That story is in the Bible to teach us a lot about how church works. Everybody's talking about who's the greatest, who's the greatest. I'll get my mama to go lean on Jesus and talk to him so I can be on the right and the left. And they're like, look at these mama boys. And the devil's just loving it. You better be careful who's around you in this season. Now listen, when the Holy Ghost fell on them and when they had been with Jesus for a long time and God had brought them through and developed them, they could be with each other all they wanted to. But in that season, it was toxic. Be careful. That doesn't mean he's like, look, just because you can't hang with people sometimes doesn't mean you can't not admonish them as brothers and sisters. There's sometimes that I pull myself deliberately away from you guys because I realize that in my spirit is something that doesn't need to be there. It might be hurt. It might be bitterness. And all it's going to do is spew out of my mouth. And you don't need to hear that. So if you think I'm just pointing a finger, I'm talking about me too. I have no idea where I am with this. I wrote down building an ark. As I was just sitting in my office, it's never rained before. And God says, Noah, go build the biggest boat that's ever been built. I'm telling you, somebody, God is going to ask you to step out and do something coming up. Obey him. It's a sign of worship, God. I'm going to acknowledge you. God, you know, we act like people that are always thinking about souls and stuff. They're, they're so, we say they're so heavenly minded. They're no earthly good. I just cannot believe that statement is true. Because if you're filled with the mind of heaven, all you're doing is the will of the Father. Even when you walk into Walmart, 
Stop for five seconds. I know how busy our lives are. And say, God, you got me here. I ran out of bread just now for a reason. You're going to send me into Walmart. I want you to use me. Say, man, that's kind of crazy. No, that's why we're not seeing anything exciting. We're eating the same old manna. And he's ready to take us to a level where we can help ourselves. And to, listen, he's trying to take us to the next level in a lot of things in our trust of him, maybe even in our worship. Listen, at the end of the whole walking around the walls, what do they do? They shout and they worship. He took them to the next level of praise that you praise. Listen, the walls didn't fall down first and then the praise went up. They praised. I want you to think about this. These are humans. They are screaming praise to God as a huge giant wall is in front of them but as they obey and as they acknowledge and as they trust the wall will fall down and listen it's time that we lift our voices again to God and say yes God you are still God I acknowledge you as God the wall is still standing there but I praise you anyway because you've never left us you've never forsaken us and you've always been with us we're going to praise you the next level. I'm tired of stinking old manna. I'm ready to see the victory. I want to live it off the land. God still had to provide on the land, didn't he? Yeah. It's a new level of trust. It's a new level. That's why so many people are backbiting and talking because all they do is sit in their tent doing nothing for the kingdom of God, looking around and criticizing everything going on. How easy is that? Well, we'll go scoop, me and Kurt will go scoop up some manna. Hey, I didn't have to really do anything. Hey, God's new method now, no more manna. You're going to have to plant that harvest. You're going to have to plant those vineyards. You're going to have to burn and roast that wheat. You're going to have to make sure you milk the cows and take care of that. You're going to have to work now. And so many people in the church are not acknowledging God because they're not trusting him for anything. They're just living like hamsters on wheels. Let's acknowledge him. Let's see him do stuff. Listen, I always preach sometimes and I make it feel like the wall, maybe the wall's not in your life. Maybe you got to start praising him for the walls in other people's life. There's the real secret. When you get to a place where you don't just read the Bible for you, listen, we should read for us, but when we begin to read the Bible and God gives us scripture and we send it to other people who are battling. Say, here's a turkey leg for you in the Lord. Eat this, it's good. Amen? And we get the victory. And you see people making the wrong decision. And you feel helpless. You're not helpless. Psalms 37. We can trust in him that he hears us. I love Psalms 37. Even when you see other people making the wrong decision, you can really shout the wall down in their life. So everybody stand with me as the band comes. Verse 7 says, don't be wise in your own eyes. You think pride's at the root of why a lot of times we don't ask God for the little things? think that maybe we think we got it some little billboard said one time about god not don't want to be your co-pilot and i always laugh at cheesy stuff like that but at the end of the day i wonder how true that really is
I know people that only serve God so they can find a spouse. And there's this message that goes out. If you serve God, he's just going to bless you. I'm going to serve him for my spouse. I'm going to serve him for my job. I'm going to serve him for, because man, he's going to give me all these good things. Well, see, I thought it's to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then he adds all those things. I'm not seeking those things. I'm acknowledging him by seeking his kingdom. I need your kingdom, God. I need your kingdom. If I seek his kingdom, I'll get all these other things. If we can just grab this, this, this next year, that we start to acknowledge God in every decision that we make. Well, that's how we've always done it. Well, it's time for the manna to stop and let's do it the way God wants us to. Listen, I'm telling you, you hear what I'm telling you. God has so stirred my heart lately. We are going to be Pentecostal. We're not going to be close to seeker friendly. We're not going to be charismatic where we just don't want to see all that stuff, but we like the shout, like the goosebumps. The Holy Ghost is not about goosebumps. He's about fire and he's about burning away everything in you you don't need and he's about stirring you and fire driving you. That's who the Holy Ghost is. Listen, this world needs to hear some tongue-talking, Bible-believing people again. That's not just our heritage from the past. That is the heritage to this generation. We have to hand that back and say we are Pentecostal. That doesn't make us weird. That makes us biblical. Who's going to leave? Who's going to grab the message and say, yes, I want our church again to be Pentecostal. I want to watch us lay hands on people and watch the victory and the power of God completely grab them. You know why ministers are quitting all the time? You listen to me. Brian Nugent, some of you know him. He released an article about all these ministers that are quitting the gospel. You know why they're quitting? Because we've said Pentecost belongs in small groups. And we want a good seeker-friendly church service. So everybody that's coming there has to be entertained. they got to have the right group. These pastors are trying to make these social clubs work. In the old days, I didn't need anybody because my church didn't have anybody near my age when I got refilled. They didn't, I didn't have any friends to hang out with. Jessica was the closest to me, and she was like 13. What 18-year-old guy wants to hang out with a 13-year-old? I didn't need a social network of people to make it because I had Jesus. I had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I had his word and he was my best friend. And I'll tell you something, he is the best friend. Did he provide all those other things? Sure he did. I look on this side of the room and this side of the room and blessed. I told Joyce the other day, I was like, I love you.
I want you to understand that completely. Your human body cannot discern. The flesh cannot discern the things of the Spirit. They're kind of different to them. Hence why they come bumbling out of a church service in Acts 2. And people are like, these guys have been hitting Grandpa's secret sauce. They're loaded. And he's like, you're right. They are filled and they are intoxicated. But they are not intoxicated because it's only 9 a.m. They're intoxicated by the power of the Holy Spirit. So listen, Peter had to make sure they understood what they were seeing. Listen, if you're, if you're like, I'm kind of different about tongues, that's okay. Start to ask God to acknowledge God. You need him to teach you. Get your Bible open and start reading for yourself in the book of Acts and First and Second Corinthians and looking at it. Start talking to people. Tongues are not just something I use at church, by the way. When I pray in the Spirit with all groans, the will of God that I don't even know. What would happen in this service today if 80% of the people spent 20 minutes praying in the Holy Spirit for His will in this service? I can promise you this, I probably wouldn't be preaching right now. Because see, I've been in it where they walk down the aisle and as they walk, they don't find a man's hand, they find the hand of God. They find a spirit of God where the spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. Let's become Pentecostal again. Not by, not by trying, by doing.